Hi, I'm Michael Radigan. I am here with my co-host, Kat M. Silverman. This is Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. You can follow me at Mikey Rads. You can follow Kat at Kat M. Silverman. You can follow the podcast at Three Cheers for Goal One. That's the number three and the number one. Uh, today we have Shana Goldman, uh, who covers basically the NHL for The Athletic, and as well as uh, Blue Seats blog. Is that what? Blue Shirts blog? Blue shirt. Blue Shirt Panther. I'm there's sorry. A, there's there's 300 BSBs. It's okay. I know. Blue, blue Shirt Bander, Banter. You can follow her at Hey Shay. That's as Hey for horses um, with with three Ys, right? At the end of each. Yep. yep. Okay. Who doesn't love a handle from high school? Yeah. Yeah. That's like keeping it. It's like the high school uh, keeping your AOL screen, screen name <laughs> from high school, right? Yes. <laughs> um. Okay, so we were supposed to record. Thank you for joining us. Um, we were supposed to record at three, and then literally before minutes, uh, like right before we were about to go on, the New York Rangers fired their president and then their GM at the same time, but didn't. F- so that's Jeff Gordon, right? Yeah. And John Davidson, who is the pre- is that his name? John Davidson. Yes. Yes, I'm very informed. Um, so, I guess this all, I, I guess we, we kind of have to go back before we can go forward. So, first of all, Kat, how are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, as our, I, I assume most of our listeners follow us on, on social, so they probably know I've uh, been in a walking boot for two weeks now, um, have T-minus anywhere between one and five weeks to go, um, which has been, like, just filling me with irrational anger. Um, Because as some of the listeners know, uh, right when we started the podcast, I think it was, like, the week we started the podcast, right? Like, I didn't didn't run for a couple weeks because I was uh, was training for the 2020 Phoenix Pride Half Marathon, and – was running in place at a stoplight and tripped on a manhole cover, rolled my ankle. was pretty sure I broke it. Um, so I did the responsible thing, took two weeks off, bought a bigger shoe to fit the swollen foot in, and then kept running for a year. And uh, when it started going numb every time I ran, I figured I'd see a doctor and turns <laughs> out I did break it. So uh, so we're trying to, trying to heal it now. Um, but other than that, I'm doing amazing, Mikey. How are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, my foot's not broken. It hasn't been broken <laughs> for in. a year. So that's good. I'm good. Uh, I'm, we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks because I was moving. And that is always an experience. Um, Shana, how are you besides the shit show that is go- surrounding the Rangers right now? I'm good. Um, yeah. It's been a very dramatic season, so I'm definitely a little tired and not upset that it's ending no 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 soap operas just hockey right (laughs) the last year you know like for a team that is generally boring like they're an original six team and they do things by the letter and all of those things you know very straight and narrow it it's been like just chaos that you're like all right if any season can just like end well like i love chaos it's just been like a lot of it constantly and it feels like sometimes we're talking about that more than what's going on on the ice. And it's like, you know, I, I, this, this can be over now. And apparently it is not. And it seems like it's not going to be for a while. Mikey, yeah. we've, we've never had that happen with, with any teams that we, 
we follow. <laughs> yeah. Like, welcome to welcome to the the shit show club. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The apparently. Coyotes and the Islanders have had their histories of uh, being. We're just sitting here watching it now. Thinking, hmm. yeah. I know now now like I feel like I can enjoy that perspective in the future like if you see another team go up in flames next year it's like oh have fun with that oh, that's a good yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting it's really exhausting yeah. actually it's like the, yeah so I guess circling back to the Rangers <laughs> uh, you, you where, have, where do we want to start with it you yeah know, I'm just, I'm going to start from the beginning of this year. You had the Tony, everything with Tony D'Angelo and him just being the worst. And then him just the Rangers finally ridding themselves of him after he gets into an altercation with um, their goaltender. uh, What's Gorgiev? Gorgiev, Yeah, I'm so bad at hockey names. Uh, (laughs) Gorgiev. So they get rid of him. And then was it? I don't know how much later, but then Panarin has to sit out for what? Ten games? Uh, I think it was 10. Was it 12, 10, something like that? Yeah. Because he was part of a political hit piece in Russia because he's very anti-Putin. So that just like <laughs> added like this gigantic breaking ball of uh, into the mix. So that was, you know, so the Rangers were at him for a long time. And that's a huge off the ice thing uh, on, right after coming out of the Tony D'Angelo thing. And then the Rangers played well for a while uh, and they were in the mix. You know they were they were outside of the playoffs, but it's the East is very tight. But then they were uh, competing, and then they were eliminated by the they lost they dropped two games to the Islanders, and then eliminated. So you go to what was it two nights ago? They're mm-hmm. playing the Caps, and Tom Wilson uh, and Cheney, you you gift that you you tweeted out the whole exchange. Yeah. Uh, he, I guess there's a bro, there's like a scrum after a play where and Buchnevich, who wasn't doing anything, he was just yeah. They said he was the kicking. Ice. They said he was kicking Vanishek's pad, and well, maybe he got a kick in. It kind of looked like he did. Like, would I, I say it warranted an ass kicking? No. No, I can't even. It's really hard to sit. Like when you're going down, it's like. In the crease, it's not that easy to control your where your legs are going to end up flailing. It's not like he was like flailing up, you know what I yeah. mean? Like his skates were the blades were in the air, and he was like in danger of hitting someone with it. So Tom Wilson didn't like that. Then he ended up Bucinavich face down, and then he ended up cross checking, uh, break cr- or punching. He like he a- used his stick first and put yeah. that like near his neck, and then starts punching his head. Yeah. And then players react accordingly. Yes. And Panarin defends Buchnevich and gets into it with Wilson. And then Wilson reacts by going after Panarin and he took him by his hair and flips him to the ice. Without and, a helmet on. Yeah, without a helmet on. Very dangerous play. Yeah. And it just kind of like exploded from there. And you can make the argument that I've heard the argument made that it was a hockey play because players react to these things and scrums happen. You could look at Konechny and Crosby last night, but you could also make the argument that, sure, the hockey play is Panarin reacting to Wilson, but it does cross the line at some point, which, knowing it's Tom Wilson, which is like yeah. a whole... That's that's the like the whole other thing. People are like, oh, well, it's Tom Wilson. Of course, everyone's going to judge it more. And it's like, well, not for nothing, he's earned that reputation. If right. he hasn't done dirty things, you wouldn't be like, oh, it's Tom Wilson... You know, of course, people are like 
well, there's a reason why everyone's going, oh, it's Tom Wilson. It's not, this isn't Kuznetsov, who's never, like, or, like, someone without a, a record who's, or, mm-hmm. like, has any guy's Patrice career. Bergeron doing something. Yeah, it's not Patrice Bergeron, like, grabbing Panera by the hair and then slamming him down. Uh, so that's what we were going to talk about today. That was, like, because that itself became very messy like very very messy uh tom wilson only got fined five thousand dollars there's people that wanted him banned from the league i you know i was kind of i or huge suspension where he was missed a ton of time none of that happened he just got five thousand dollars a lot of people were unhappy about that then the rangers uh released a statement on social media uh was that last night yeah and basically condemning the whole thing calling out NHL player safety, calling out uh, George Paris, who runs um, NHL player safety. And that's something I've never seen. No one has really ever seen from uh, an organization itself. I know after like 10 years ago when the Islanders and Penguins got into that insane like brawl with like 300 penalty minutes, I know Mario Lemieux, who was running the Penguins, said something. But that's like the closest thing I could remember to an organization actually ever coming out and saying something like that. So that all happens. And then today we're about to record. We're going to talk about, you know, how, we, how much we all fucking hate Tom Wilson. And then uh, the, the Rangers bringing it all back, fire their general manager and their president. Do you, there is a lot of different reasons floating around. Do you have any idea what's why? Could you guess why? Um, yeah. So I, I, okay. A lot of us had the sense something was going to happen today. Um, availability this morning was postponed. That doesn't usually happen. Um, you would think everyone would have something sorry. to say. <laughs> yeah. So no one knew what was going to happen. And I don't think anybody expected it to be this. Um, you know, you heard people joking around like, oh, maybe they're going to come out and say they're not going to play the game tonight, which would have been wild. I mean, that would have been. That would have been unheard of. Yeah. And it's not like that's. I mean, it's an overreaction to an extent. Like you were upset that, so- that someone wasn't suspended, blah, blah, blah. But um, it would have been a lot. So you see Frank Cervavelli was one of the first people, I think, to tweet something and said that Davidson and Gorton distanced themselves from the statement. And um, they said that they didn't know it was in the works until it was after it was released, which, you know, could have been a thing. And then Drager reports that it was coincidental that it happened now. And there were sources saying that they felt the Rangers underachieved this season even though they're a rebuilding team. So, like, could could they have looked at the Rangers' management like, okay, the Mika Zibanejad trade was a slam dunk. Adam yeah. Fox was a great trade. Right. But, the, like, when you look at it as level-headed as possible, you go, they lucked into two draft picks. They lucked into Panarin wanting to sign with the Rangers and being willing to take less. They lucked into Ryan Spooner getting bought out by Edmonton, which opened up that little sliver of cap space that they needed to make the Panarin signing happening. Right. And they couldn't without it. They lucked into Fox wanting to play for the Rangers because everybody knew it at that point. And had they not traded for him, there's a good chance his draft rights would have expired and they could have waited a year. So it's very nice that they were able to make all these things happen. But like for so much of it, they got lucky. When push came to shove and they made some decisions, they made the wrong ones. Like, I don't know, signing Jack Johnson this year. Um, and playing <laughs> him. That's, that's wild. Yeah. That's yeah. Like everything about the Rangers this year that I completely forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah, Jack Johnson's still a thing. That's not even he a play- he's hurt. Right? For this yep, year. he is not playing because he has a sports hernia. 
Had he been healthy, he probably would be in the lineup. So you can look at, go back to the Ryan McDonough trade, which at the time was a bad trade. And since then has looked way worse when you see Liber Hayek and uh, Brett Howden in the lineup consistently. And you're like, these players are not very good and they are not comparable to Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. So could you make the argument that they deserved it? Yeah, 100%. You could completely go performance-based and go, management has not done enough. They've gotten lucky, and when they've made the decisions, a lot of them they've failed on. Well, what about going and getting Panarin? Or they do you think lucky. that was just, they just got lucky? Yeah, they got lucky cause... that he wanted to sign with the Rangers, and they got lucky that the Oilers bought out Spooner. Were they smart to go for him? Of course. You'd yeah, be an idiot I mean, not to want was, him. Yeah, everyone right. was going for him, yeah. I, I like, every, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you don't... <laughs> You don't think it was because of the tweet from last night? I would think if they claim to think the Rangers underachieved this year, which is a thought that isn't fair. If you put everything aside that, like we just said, about where they've gone wrong, this was a team that's rebuilding. This was a team that the playoffs weren't in reach, given the division that they're in and given the state that the team's in. And then you add in everything that happened this year, like Mika Zibanejad not being himself for two months after having COVID in training camp, or the entire Panarin situation, like, even with all that, the playoffs were kind of a long shot. As long as they progressed and were somewhat in the mix, it was a win. This is a rebuilding team. Next year, you would go playoffs or bust. Yeah. Completely, you know, fair. On the other hand, could they have felt this was the final straw, that they didn't stand by them on it? Right. It's possible. Uh, it's, That's what it kind of seems like, because there's, yeah. there's three games left in the season. And that's what surprised me. Cause I think, you know, if a team is underachieving the fact that, you know, they made some of these moves that, I mean, you could argue they made the right move with, An- with Anthony D'Angelo, you know, giving him the ultimatum, another, you know, another situation and you're done and then following through on it, stuff like that. But Doing it three games before the season ends instead of just waiting until the last day, Damn. which even even if players say, you know, we're only focused on what's happening on the ice. I mean, I was I was talking with with one of the analysts in the Honda West division before a game a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about his career in the league, and he was talking about teams that he enjoyed playing for and teams that he didn't, and he said that the way that players are backed had a lot to do with which teams not didn't have to do with the money or with the, you know, the fancy bells and whistles that the teams offered. It was, you know, how, how much you felt like the team stood by you and adding just an extra distraction right when the team's already probably kind of distracted by everything that's happened in the last couple of days. I would I would argue that's a poor choice on the team's part. So the timing is what to me is more of the red flag than right. like, yep. like you said, the team did lock into a lot of things that, that other teams did not. Um, and that's, that happens in hockey, but just the, the timing for me was, was the biggest weird flag, I guess. So, yeah. Right. I, I definitely, the timing is weird. And then you kind of, you're leaving uh, David Quinn, the head coach, who I, I think, I think this is fair to say a lot of Ranger fans do not like. Um, he takes his criticisms from the Rangers for the lineup he trots out there, players he scratches, all of those things. He's a sitting duck now. Like, yeah. Regar- 
so, and that's really weird too because you never see it, it's usually i feel like cl- cleaning house you clean house at the same time um and a- everyone goes so him just sitting there he's got three games left pro- he's probably done right he's he won't that's how tricky. are you gonna bring it a how are you going to bring in a GM and a president and still have the same head coach? Well, because Unless they do it internally. The thing is that it was internal. That's, that's the one ripple here. Like it's not completely unrealistic for a team to go, we're going to clean house with the front office and then give the general manager the say, do they want to keep this coach or do they want to bring in their own person to an extent? Quinn is Drury's guy, but like the thing with it was, I didn't think at the beginning of the year, I didn't think there was much of a chance of Quinn being fired unless the team completely failed. And I think this year was a good test for coaches because you're playing the same teams over and over again. If you lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins five times straight and haven't made a single adjustment knowing you're going to play them three more times, you, you're a bad coach. Your yeah. players don't have to match up to them per se. Like There could be a big disparity in talent, but if you're not making the right tweaks to your lineup and your strategies to deal with these teams, what are you doing? So. Yeah. I think that there was a good test for coaches this year. I think in ways Quinn's done the right things and in you know ways he's done the wrong things. And I think you saw this year having a different defensive coach. It's uh, Jacques Martin over um, Lindy Ruff that made a world of difference. Uh, the yeah. d- defense has been an absolute shitstorm under Ruff. And it seemed like... Yes, it's Quinn's system, but he's not this X's and O's coach. So there is so much influence from the defensive coach. And I think it was a fair argument to say, even if Quinn were to stay on, maybe they need to make a change with their offensive coach because their power play, there's still flaws when you look at who they have on it. And their forward group, there's still some flaws. And, you know, they're very one-dimensional offensively. But, like, for anything to actually happen, given the circumstances of the season and the chaos of everything and the rebuild and all that, th- all that stuff, I thought it was fair to say Quinn... Sorry. My phone went off. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, I think that Quinn staying was kind of a lock till next year. And then next year had they underperformed and not done what they needed. Maybe they'd make a change. And he was hired under Gordon. He wasn't hired under Davidson. They hired Knobloch and Murphy Mm. to work in Hartford as a, like as the, as an entire front office. So it felt like as much as Quinn was Gordon's guy Nablanc was everybody's guy. That it felt like maybe there was a chance something could have changed, and if it was going to, maybe that would be like the direction they take. That's like purely my speculation. Um, do I think that Quinn is safe? I'm really not sure. I spoke to Dr- Chris Drury two weeks ago um, about like forward development, and he said that the decisions on the ice are Quinn's. Period. It's his team on the ice. It's his roster on the ice, but that they are in constant communication. So you would think to an extent, like if there was something management did have a serious issue with, they would take it up with them because development's the most important thing. And they might've felt they were doing the right thing. And they know like, it's not a linear process, right? Um, but is he safe? I, I mean, it's not like the worst idea to try to start fresh unless you have that like elite tier of a coach. So it could yeah, go I guess, way. I guess you got to see who becomes available after end of the season which i don't know i don't i can't at think this of point any, it's I, hard to tell yeah, yeah i can't even think of anyone who who might like no idea um who's co- who coaches nashville again is that a john hines and that would be a horrible choice <laughs> i don't that's think... the only guy i could see me like he if they they might miss the playoffs and if he i could see nashville maybe getting rid of him but yeah that wouldn't be he used to coach the devils right yeah mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. Do you so? Do you think Drury's there, the guy now? Like that's gonna is running the show. Do you think that, or do you think this is gonna be an interim thing? Um, I think that the fact that they he's been interviewed for positions in the past and hasn't taken them, and there were points, if I remember correctly, that he was denied the opportunity to interview. He kind of seemed like a natural fit to take over eventually. You know, he yeah. was their director of player development, I think it was, and then assistant general manager, and then promoted to associate. He's had his hands all over this organization and their prospects, and he's and he's been well liked by that organization since he was a player, really. Yeah, since yeah, he exactly. For the, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's it's this like unrealistic fit. I don't know if he would stay president and general manager. I like I think it really depends on the team to see who wants to have two different people in those positions yeah. versus the same. But like to an extent, he could make sense, especially when they're complaining. Right? Well, no, rephrase. Especially when it's being reported right now that a big issue with the team is leadership and grit. So in Chris Drury, you do have that in the front office. And that is something yeah. that teams over-prioritize sometimes. But, like, you know, you look at the Rangers against the Islanders and the Capitals. There was no Ryan Lindgren, who is one of their toughest players. No Jacob Truba, who is, you know, has a level of toughness to him and is one of their best leaders. And no Chris Kreider, who is another major leader. So... As much as it's being reported that they're missing them, it's like, yeah, they are. Do you need to make drastic changes to address that? Or do you just need your players to be healthy? And so sort of sort of following up with with that toughness, whether it's missing or not, uh, I I watched, uh, I felt like I fell through the looking glass last night. I watched an interview with John Scott um, talking mm -hmm. about what happened with uh, with Tom Wilson and what was happening with the Rangers. And I thought he actually made a, a really good point. You know, he, he didn't like what Tom Wilson did. If he was in player safety, he probably would have suspended him for 30 games, maybe 40 games. He would have, you know, knocked him out for the rest of the season, the playoffs, and then maybe into next year to tell him, like, you got to stop doing this. Um, and he said that ultimately there were two ways it, it can go. They can either, the Department of Player Safety can say the game is moving away from these controlled fights. Uh, to, to basically police the game. So when something like that happens, we are in charge of stepping in and making sure it doesn't happen again by adequately punishing, or, you know, you have to move back towards ensuring that there's somebody with, with that grit on the ice. Um, and he said that, you know, what we all want to see is player safety essentially taking that role that they were supposed to, and they didn't. By by giving yeah. a five thousand dollar fine, they said, "Not our not our problem." And so right. he said, "You know, that's that basically said open season because to him there was nothing that another player can do that would be more egregious than than what Tom Wilson did." So it it basically said, "If you want to do something like if you want to retaliate like that, go for it because because you'll get a five thousand dollar fine." And so essentially, player safety was saying that. The, the teams do still need to have some of that grit because player safety is not taking that control from them, essentially. They're not taking on that role that the loss of grit was supposed to be replaced by. And I I think that that was a good point because whether we want it to or not, that's basically what what he was saying player safety said. And I, I kind of agree with him there. I think that's that's what player safety said is we're not going to police it the way we're not going to be the deterrent. Um, so you guys have to find a way to deter it on your own. So 
Yeah, I thought that was a really. I it was. I think it was really interesting. I mean, you had a lot of former NHL enforcers come out and talk about the Tom Wilson incident. I mean, you brought up John Scott, and I think Matt Cook did an interview, which like I don't want to hear from Matt Cook. I'm sorry, that guy like <laughs> was the worst when he's in the league. He, he was like that was such a dirty play. I'm like Matt Cook, like. I'm pretty sure you killed Mark Savard. Like, if Matt Cook says it's a dirty play, though, like that's yeah. John Scott and Matt Cook are saying it. I agree. I just like I just I don't know how he can still justify it. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, so like you said, it is on player safety, but also, wouldn't you? Doesn't the players' association got to get involved in this somehow? Like their rep. Tom Wilson is the yeah is Washington Capitals NHL player. So no, they're not ineffective. Yeah, they're, so, it's completely ineffective. And player safety should... What is the point of player safety if not to literally police the game to ensure that there's player safety? Like, what what do they need to do? And even if it's... Even if they didn't suspend Wilson for this huge suspension that they deserved, why is he not getting calls constantly to go, If like, we see what you're doing? And I think the worst part of it is the reaction afterwards. If you look at the Buchnevich play and go, it's not suspendable. And the Panarin play, it's not suspendable. Don't know how you're saying it about both. The whole thing, it's that he goes into to the penalty box and starts flexing. Oh, man. Yeah, he was, that, yeah. Like, he was on the Mighty Ducks, Bash Brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it here was, it is. It's so, da- hockey's dangerous as it is. You're, you're skating on a rock-hard surface with knives on your boots. Playing right. at a super-fast speed, shooting pucks at 90-plus miles per hour. Hockey is not a safe sport. If you're doing things that are actively making it more dangerous and literally putting players' lives at risk... You don't belong there. And if you're proud of yourself and flexing after it, you seriously don't belong there. And if you have a person that literally was suspended two months ago and knocked a player out longer than you were suspended for, that's another issue. And it's like, at what point do you go, yeah, we got to do something about that. And the argument I've heard from a lot of people like, is, aren't well, you were so glad Brendan Lemieux was gone. The thing with Brendan Lemieux was, in theory, that was his role, to play in the bottom six, and have some skill and be that tough player that if they needed, he was there. Their players still got injured with him in the lineup and there was no reaction from him. So if you want to see players policing themselves, like he wasn't even doing that. He wasn't deterring anyone, his presence there. He would just talk shit and literally nothing happened. And then he would play in a way that just put them at a disadvantage because he would take like undisciplined penalties this year in particular. Before this year, you could say he was effective in his role, but like, that's where the toughness thing gets so tricky. Like, it'd be nice to have a player. It shouldn't be on Brendan Smith. If I'm Brendan Smith, I'm not sleeping tonight. You know, last night knowing I'm going into this game and I'm probably being expected to go up against Tom Wilson to defend my players. And while I want to respect and support my teammates, I don't want to get my head bashed in because no one did anything about this, especially when that's not my role. It's yeah. different when you have a player who knows it's their role. The Rangers, before this year, had a tendency to have a fourth-line grinder that legitimately was useless on the ice you know, a Cody McLeod type that wasn't... Tanner Glass. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Vigneault, too. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Tanner Glass. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, uh, Cody McLeod was under Quinn, and he played him all the time, and it dragged the entire fourth line down, you know, and you had important prospects like Leah Anderson playing there and doing absolutely nothing because you're, you're sending a pass to someone who isn't able to do what you need. So if you're going to go for that toughness, you need, like, a Matt Martin type who... Is, yeah, yeah, he's he's good defensively, and this year yeah. he's scoring more instead of fighting. But you have that presence that you know, okay, he'll kick my ass if I do something stupid. But you're not taking away from your lineup by having a minute. Yeah, and he he's 
I know I, mean, I mentioned there are teams that have legitimate skill in that role. They, yeah. There's yeah. I mean, Jamie Benn, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Ryan Reeves, Evander yeah. Kane. They're all, I'd be terrified if any one of those four turned, yeah. if I did something stupid on the ice and any one of those four turned to me, I'd be like, oh, yep. um, and, but they, they get the job done even when there's not something happening. They're just that, it's that deterrent. Which isn't even a true deterrent. Yeah. Because a player like Tom Wilson doesn't care. He doesn't seem to care no, who's on the ice when he, he does really, something. He, he chooses his... He, like, really is very, very, very selective on who he fights Tom Wilson. Uh, like, I know that the Islanders have thrown in Ross Johnston, who's just... Who's, like... He's an okay... Not an okay player, but he's, like... He's not terrible, but, like... Tom Wilson won't fight him. Like yeah. Ross Johnson has tried to get Tom Wilson to fight him, and Tom Wilson just won't do it because he knows Ross Johnson is like nine feet tall and he'd bash my face. And Tom Wilson very selectively <laughs> picks who he fights, and that's what's just like. And I guess from my perspective, is also very annoying because listen, I, I not to uh, uh, the violence is bad, but it's like he's. I feel like he's someone that just needs to get his ass kicked. <laughs> like yeah, no, you know? no, you're right because you're you're saying he's he's being selective about who he fights. Every not every but most tougher players pride themselves on following a code of sorts. Code, and while, right, yeah. Which you can argue it's, is so dumb, but still, at least it's like yeah. there's something to it, at least. You know what, what I mean? Yeah, what player's going to have Artemi Panarin by the back of the head and be like, you know what? I'm no. going to slam him to the ice. Yeah. yeah. How many of them would be like, just get the fuck off me, you know, shove him into the boards, be like, we're done here, we're not doing this, I'm not getting into it with you, because I would also look at it if I'm a player like Tom Wilson, be like, I don't need to put my team at a disadvantage and be thrown out of the game, and now you have a five-minute power play, and you're the one that, you know, of all players. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't you don't want that. He, uh, he, and he knows who's on the ice, because I believe the, ra- the Rangers are on a power play, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, all the Rangers skilled players are on the ice at that point. So I, I like people are like, Oh, how, how is he supposed to know his Panarin dude? It's like, it's all their skilled players. He, he knows exactly damn well. Who's on the ice. It's not like someone hopped over the boards or whatever and got yeah. in on the scrum. It was also just, he's not wearing, he doesn't have a shit. Give him a fucking face <laughs> wash. Like that's all yeah. you have to do. It's the, it's, it's so stupid. And I, I forgot it might have been on ESPN or somewhere. It's like the problem with Wilson is, and people have said this, I think teammates have said this, and maybe people within different organizations, including the Capitals, that Tom Wilson doesn't understand how strong he is, which, like, he should, bro, you shouldn't be playing, like, professional hockey if that's the case. Um, yeah, so it's... He's not I, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. He, yeah. He's not... He, He's not accidentally strangling a mouse. Like he's, he, he knows, he knows. He's, yeah. he's not a dumb guy too. I mean, he's yeah. on ice. He's a very smart player. And I, I think, he, I think he knows perfectly well what he's doing. I think yeah. he knows what he's been getting, he can get away with. And uh, I mean, yeah, he, he, his career is just like, there's been so many bad hits and um I'm I'm really interested. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be watching the game tonight. Um, yeah. Did the Rangers call up anyone from the AHL or anything no. like that? Or no. no. So it's so just, they, there it's was true. a grinder type they could have. They, right. It, it was thought that maybe they could, but I just I don't see how you can put the pressure on that player and go, "We're calling you up. Here's your first NHL game. Go kick his ass." Right. No, you get, like that. You you hear about the mental toll that it takes on players after their careers, and you can't put that on someone. It just isn't right. And the other half, uh, to respond to what you were saying about like him knowing who is on the ice, 
it's not like this is a team he doesn't know. Look, you're playing X amount of teams. You know them left, right, and sideways. If it's a quick play where you're jostling along the boards and maybe you hit someone high and you really don't mean it, they just changed and you didn't know who it was, sure. But, like, it's a range of power play. You know who you're getting. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's no question about it. And also, like, playing in the NHL is such a privilege. There are 31, going to be 32 teams. There are X number of slots on every single team, and that's it in the entire world to play at the highest level. Yes, there's other leagues. Yes, there's other opportunities. But to play in the NHL is a privilege. And if you constantly do shit like this, you don't deserve that privilege. And if you're not smart enough to recognize who is on the ice or what you're getting yourself into, or honestly, the fact that you could have just, what if you did get suspended for 20 games? Your team's going into the playoffs. They, yeah. you know, they're going to face off against teams like the Bruins, the Islanders. You want to have Tom Wilson in your lineup to make everyone's life a living hell without crossing a line. That's what makes a player like that so dangerous. If they can piss you off and play that physical game, physical game without crossing the line, that's that's the player nobody wants to go up against, and everybody's going to want on their team. Like every general manager you hear, like league executives saying, "Oh, well, we want him on our team." I see why you would. It doesn't help you if he's constantly getting himself suspended. And if I'm the Capitals, especially with everything else going on, you hear about uh, players missing games because of other issues, like Kuznetsov did the other day. Yeah, yeah, he's like, going off. Like they're saying they might get rid of like him in the off season or something. There, there's there's some an article or a tweet floating around mentioning that. Yeah, it's like it's it's another huge distraction for the Caps, who seem to be a team that is primed could be primed for a first round elimination maybe if they don't kind of get it together if Ovechkin is at 100% yeah it's uh it's I get when I know when general managers say oh or fans of the caps say you'd want him on your team it's like yeah that's still not an excuse <laughs> like yeah that's like, like that people would want him on their team because he doesn't get suspended yeah that's the thing is we say oh you know it's it's it doesn't help having him on your team if he gets suspended, but he doesn't. He doesn't get suspended by the league. And he's yep. he's had so many borderline hits that just aren't okay, and the league turns a blind eye. Of course you want him on your team. You have yeah. basically a free pass to injure other players. And right. people keep comparing it to the the Travis Konechny, uh Sidney Crosby fight from last fight where they were, like, rolling around like puppies last night. Both <laughs> of them kept looking up to see what was going, to see if the refs were coming over. And as soon right. as the refs came over, they stopped. And yep. the refs had to pull Tom Wilson off of both Buchnevich and uh, Artemi Panarin. They had to pull him off in both instances because he had, it's, it's like he wasn't waiting to see when they said that's enough. He yep. was waiting to be physically pulled off and he still didn't get suspended for it. And then he, the gloating over it, the, well, yeah, puff up in the crease or in the in the box. That was, to me, that was what crossed the line more than any of the others because he very clearly injured one of the players, right? Yep. He very clearly injured Artemi Panarin. And occasionally, you know, when they're pulling you away, yeah, you're still mad, you're still yelling. At some point, there has to be a visual of remorse. Like, it, you yep. have to visibly show some remorse for hurting someone. And I know that they say that most of those guys end up texting the other guy after the fact, oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? And But, you know, how do you say, oh, I'm so sorry, I know I puffed up, like, yeah. like the doge meme, and, you know, <laughs> how, how do you then say, but I'm super sorry, I hurt you. I didn't mean to do that, because he very clearly did. And and wow. this is a player who constantly, every single time he does anything, suspendable or not, it's a controversial hit, it's Tom Wilson, you hear him whining every time. 
I'm trying to play my game. I'm trying to change my game. I'm not trying to hurt people. Like, you need to, like, take a look at yourself in the mirror and be like, well, I am. Well, I have to make adjustments. That's what makes people, you know, people good hockey players. If you could look at your game and go, I'm not scoring goals. This is what I need to do differently. Maybe I need to grip my stick differently. That takes someone to actually look at their game and look within themselves to improve. It's the same case here. If you can't look at yourself and go, you know what? Maybe I'm crossing the line a little bit too often. It just seems like he's plowing through it constantly and doesn't care. And you're gloating about it afterwards. And if I'm the refs at that point, for one, you're going, why are you allowing him back in this game? Yeah. In the first place, you want to keep things calm, just toss him out. Two, he gloated. That's unsportsmanlike. Throw him out for that. You awesome. didn't. And now, awesome. the fact that he's not suspended, too, why he's going to play him again tonight. Player safety knows yeah. the schedule. They could have even looked at him and like, you know what? Let's just one game, just to keep him calm. Just yeah. to, you know, to avoid a problem tonight, too. There's, like, so many different things they could have done to settle the situation. And they didn't. And the best was, he got hit later in the game by Colin Blackwell. Not in a dirty way, but he did hit him. And he started complaining to the referee. If I, <laughs> if it's, it's like, if I did something, like if I punched one of my sisters, you know, when I was younger, and I knew damn well I did it, and I didn't get yelled at, one of the other two did, and I knew I just got away with murder, I'm going to sit there and shut the fuck Are up and be as quiet as possible. Because I'm, oh. I just got away from it. I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to be like, well, mom, actually, Deb did this to me. That was so much work. Hell no. You're already getting screwed for it. I'm just going to sit right. there and shut up. You're not going to guess. You're not going to bring attention to that because then the refs, you know, they'll yeah. they have a memory and they'll always uh, they'll remember when you bark at them. And yeah, and well, that's the thing. Just, they yeah. they suspended Anthony D'Angelo, who in no yeah. way condoning him. But when he was with the Coyotes, he got suspended for abusive officials. And right. I. To go on record, I fully agree with suspending players who lay hands on officials, right? I think that's, you have to keep that level of policing in the game because otherwise, you know, a player like Tom Wilson could knock an official into the boards and then say, I didn't mean to, I'm stronger than I thought I was. But all he did was the ref was pulling him over to the box and he shrugged him off, used his arm and shrugged him off and yelled at him and he got suspended for it. Right. And if they're willing to do that, suspend yeah. that, but not willing to suspend Tom Wilson, who just keeps going like he did and then gloats over it, like that's, I consider that very poor officiating. Like you said, at, to start, the fact that they didn't kick him out of the, like that blows my mind. That's that's poor officiating. And then it's it's a poor decision on the part of, player safety but we we kind of expected that they've yeah. been they've been missing a lot of stuff this year so um yes yeah they have for sure and it's um it, it's really been a wild uh i guess 48 hours ish uh just on like with all this happening and then just like nhl twitter and uh the after that, after I guess after the game or during the game, the Caps social media manager decided to make one of the worst and just tasteless memes. If I I I don't remember exactly what it was, you can find it. But oof, <laughs> like talk about um in very 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 poor taste. And then so that just set off people. So it's it's been energy. 
to scroll through at least on Twitter. Like there, there have been so, and there have been so many bad takes. Like for some reason, it's obviously Caps fans def, de, defend Tom Wilson. This is the same franchise that has retired um, Dale Hunter's number, so that's like not a surprise. But then, like for whatever reason, if you like work at a certain uh, bar stool, you, like they they defended hit the hit like. And how he plays, like, there's just some, like, some really, really bad takes out there that I just, like, I, I don't get it. I don't, what, are you, what, like, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for someone to, like, a paralyzed situation that happened with the Bertuzzi? Is, like, is that what's, that's what's next. Like, I'm sorry, that that is what we're heading towards when shit like this happens. You're going to have, uh, was it Steve Moore or Dominic Moore? Steve Moore? Steve Moore. Steve Moore, like, and uh, break his neck, like. I'm not saying that what Tom Wilson did was as bad as Todd Bertuzzi, but it certainly could have had the it same. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. If you Honestly, enable it, it's it, you're you know you're just waiting for something worse to happen. Brandon Carlo had a concussion because of Tom Wilson. You look at like every. I think it was 2017 when he was suspended in preseason for a hit against the Blues. I think it was Oscar Sundquist, mm-hmm. and then came back to play in the regular season, and days later was suspended again. Yeah. Like at what point it's like well. You clearly haven't learned. Yeah, the, it seems like like Ranger Ran, the Ranger fan base have like such qualms with him. He ended Lubomir Vishnovsky's career. He ended his career with a with a hit to the head in the playoffs in 2015. Like that guy that. still has headaches and and stuff like that. Like he's permanently affected. And this is the thing that the NHLPA has really fought for. It's like you know con- like taking care of guys that get hits ahead and like after their careers and CTE and ever, all this really important stuff. But then you still have this guy fucking running around doing yeah. stuff like that. It's like, well, what do someone, something's got to change within the union and within player safety. Cause this is, it's not working. And honestly that like the Panarin hit, I, the Panarin him throwing him down was really bad. But I think like, Bushnevich, I was like scared to watch. I I thought he was gonna go limb after. Yeah, that. yeah, he didn't it, it move was, for it a was second. It was disturbing. It yeah. was disturbing if he like stopped moving. I'm not like, and I love physical hockey. Like, uh, hockey is an emotional sport. Like, I I love the physical part. If you're doing it, there's a there's the right way to do it. There are guys that play physical the right way. And yeah, you know, this isn't like an accidental boarding where a guy you know. He someone turned and he hit his numbers by accident and he goes flying into the boards. Like this is like there is the intent was there to injure yeah. basically. You there needs to be more than just to like we're finding like um I don't know, like you could look at it and go, maybe players need anger management. If you cannot keep your cool in this sport and there are ways that you're not going to and not and not the bullshit that so many players I'm sure when they were sent for things, they didn't you know that they're athletes and they can just skate through it not it i mean like legitimately showing that you know how you were wrong and controlling yourself better i'm sure in that role there's a lot of pressure for you to step up and be physical and if you felt that buchnevich was hurting your goaltender's pads for some odd reason and that's what you got from it and you felt i need to i'm sure there's pressure on these types of players to to do something to respond like i get that to an extent and i'm sure it screws with them mentally because why wouldn't it? If you're thinking while you're on the ice, like, you know, I need to go patrol and protect everyone and put myself at risk and put others, whatever. But like, y- you also need to, he, it looked like he lost control to an extent, or you can make the argument that he was completely in control the entire time. And he was just incredibly angry and overreacted. Either way it was that he just lost his temper or he actively knew what he was doing. Like you need more than just suspending him. Like he needs to legitimately learn 
because it's just whatever's going on right now isn't working. So it has to be like a combination of both. And that argument that like, oh, he's Rafi Torres with skill. Rafi Torres at least got that massive suspension at the end. Um, was, was it that was that when he hit Hosa? Yes. No, it was. I think it was after the Hosa one because oh, there was, was Hosa, and then there was a, and then he hit someone. I want to say on the Coyotes too. It was uh, like maybe it was Zabinik Mahalik, um, someone like that. And then he also hit someone that final year when he was with the Sharks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was with the Sharks. Yeah, he was with the Sharks, and he got like basically suspended for the rest of the year and into the following year. And people say that that's what got, finally got him out of the game. Which number one, it shouldn't have taken that many career-ending injuries and close to career-ending injuries to get him out. But number two, it, it didn't get him out. What got him yep. out was he had too many knee surgeries. He eventually was no longer healthy enough to keep playing because the final year for him, he he still signed an AHL tryout deal and then just couldn't stay healthy enough. It was, I um, believe it was with the Marlies, wasn't it? I think uh, it was with Toronto's was, AHL team. No. Oh. Uh, I think he, I he signed a PTO. He, he signed, signed, a, he signed PTO. a tryout somewhere the, and then the, couldn't couldn't play. The host of hit was the host of hit was for 21 games and then he hit. And this was a preseason game. Uh, a hit against the Ducks. Uh, Silverberg. That was it. Uh, that was it. And it was what 48 games. 52? 41 games. And then he just could, he was he was pretty old and cooked at that point anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Where he like couldn't he couldn't he wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like he was 25 and did that. He was towards the end of his career. So then that's the only reason he got because he was just his career was over. Was, he probably only had a couple years left anyway. So. Um, so wait, something that's kind of relevant too, and you know, interesting. So, did you guys see the play with uh, Gosvier last night when Friedman was shooting at the empty net and he hit him after it? I heard about it. I didn't see it. He got suspended two games. So he just got suspended. So, <laughs> not that I'm saying you could make the argument that he deserves it. You know, I think he's been suspended once before, and it was uncalled for. You lost in a game. You were pissed off. You overreacted. I have no problem with someone being slapped with a suspension, a suspension for it. If that's your argument, though. Yeah. Right. that's. <laughs> or are you doing it to save face a little and be like, no, we do take player safety seriously. And that I was. Try, I try so hard not to put on the tinfoil hat because um, it only looks good on Alex Jones. But <laughs> it, <laughs> when, when John Scott was talking last night, he said, I don't know what Tom Wilson has. On George Peros. Like, I don't know what deal they've worked out, if he has bet money on the Capitals. And I think that's a little too far, but yeah, that's there's some there's a different standard being held for Tom Wilson. And and Caps fans argue that it's the other way around too. Um, and there there are certain times where a hit by Tom Wilson made by anyone else, you'd think, mm, that's borderline. But right. And so because it's him, we say, kind of like with Brad Marchand and people like that, you know, if you've done it enough times, it, it's always going to be erring on the side of caution. But, and so it's like the internet constantly looks at everything Tom Wilson does and says, uh-uh, that wasn't okay. And then player safety says, oh, well, they were, they were mean to you online, so, so we're not going to suspend you. Like, pet him on the head and say, it's okay. Go, go, yeah. go back. You're, you're, doing, you're doing great, sweetie. And that's, that's baffling that they, they'll suspend. And, and over little, little unsportsmanlike things that just, I, 
I'm at a loss. I don't, yeah. I don't know what needs to change there, but it is. It's a very Tom Wilson-centric thing because I, I truly can't think of another player who has been given the same number of passes as Tom Wilson because there are other players who have had as many scrapes with player safety, right? Like Brad Martian, my God. He, yep. He's got to have George Paris on speed dial. But yeah. Number one, he seems to have learned from it because he hasn't licked anyone in like three years. And number two, he got, he's been suspended multiple times and it was all for little things that were in a, like uncalled for and he deserved the suspensions, but he got some, the suspensions for it. Some slew foots Tom in Wilson, there. What? I said some slew foots, Marsh Anthony. Yeah, a couple, like... a couple slew foots, a couple, couple licks, couple, couple minor high hits which is a shoulder hit for him but uh but no it's i can't think of another player off the top of my head who's gotten as many who gets the same benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. from player safety that tom wilson does and that that's dangerous to me because when you have one player who's getting that kind of benefit of the doubt who is strong i mean whether he doesn't know his own strengths or not tom wilson's an incredibly powerful player and he, he can hurt people. I mean, you have someone like, like, I'm sorry, but Brad Martian's not going to do that much damage to you. Uh, Tom Wilson's more likely to hurt people. And he's the one that they're giving all the passes to. And I, it is, it's going to end someone's not just end someone's career towards the end. It's going to start ending young players careers too. And it shouldn't take, a young star having their career ending, which is unfortunately what I think is going to be what it finally takes. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. Um, so we've been talking about this pretty extensively. Should we go to Twitter questions, Kat? I suppose we should. Okay. My we mom have... has one. You're kidding? <laughs> So first off, I love that because I, as, as our listeners know, um, I told my dad to listen to one of our episodes one time because we talked to a movie critic writer um, who was talking about Marvel, the MCU, and my dad loves Marvel. And so I told him to listen to it. And he literally listened to my best friend's podcast with me on it before he listened to mine. Uh, <laughs> So the fact that your mom is asking us questions is like a beautiful it's, study. In, it's a in troll. It's a, it's a troll question. Um, I would expect nothing. She <laughs> said, "How come Mikey hasn't revealed his mom bleeds blue for the Rangers?" So, wow, uh, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, very, <laughs> very uncool of you, mom. Yeah, my mom's a Ranger fan, um, <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, so that was her question, and I haven't revealed it. I don't know, because I didn't want to get owned on my own podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Kat, do you want me to pick one? Or a lot um, of them, a lot of them were about uh, what's his face getting fired, the, all the firings. Um, yeah, which I think we, I think we pretty much covered most of those. Um, yeah, I got a good one. I think, uh, um, yeah. 
If there's this one, the that, one I'm, I'm hanging up though. No, <laughs> the Scott one. There's one that says, it seems like most, co- this is from Sean O'Brien at Sean O'Brien 81. It seems like the most common reason a very good AHL player doesn't make it in the NHL is their skating ability. What's the most common reason a very good AHL goalie doesn't make it in the NHL? Ooh, uh, I did see that question. I loved that one. Um, I think he was about my daughter's giving me stickers, by the way. Um, <laughs> I love when she does that mid mid recording. Um, uh, it it kind of depends on on the organization. I think sometimes it's uh, just lack of spots. Um, there are certainly some teams that guys get trapped in the system for way too long. And eventually, I mean, there is a, a sweet spot, right? There's that window of opportunity to advance developmentally and then if you stay in the minors for too long you uh you kind of lose some of that edge um some of that developmental opportunity but for others it's and I, I think we talked about it a little bit on a different one too but I think there's a certain level of creativity that you have to have as an NHL goaltender because we we've seen guys who have incredible precision their technique is flawless they they have the physical ability but they just don't seem to be able to throw caution to the wind. And I think Robin Lehner is the perfect example of the right way to play it, essentially, where your technique doesn't matter in certain situations and you have to be able to throw in like a fun, like a windmill save or a a two pad stack or a poke check and knowing contextually when to do that uh, and how to be creative in that situation some guys have it and some guys don't. Some of them just can't think the game at that level to to really make that decision. And I think, unfortunately, Calvin Pickard was a good example of a guy who didn't. I think he, technique-wise, was very, very good. Um, and then in the AHL, really got it done. And then at the NHL level, when the team broke down in front of him, uh, when he played behind less talented teams, uh, his decision-making kind of struggled. And the technique really didn't hold up. And that that's kind of my what I see the most often other than external losses of opportunity. Okay. Okay. Uh moving on to the next one, keeping it in the goaltending. Um this is from Vor Abaddon. I uh so he asks as a fa- this is about the Rangers, Shana. As a fame as a fan base who had to wait two mil- oh. He's a Flyers fan, I, I'm guessing. He's a Flyers fan. He's a Flyers yeah, he's fan. He's a Flyers fan, and he's a he's very nice. Um, very sad about all the Flyers goalies. So. Okay. As as a fan base who had to wait two millennia and a half eon between functional starting goalies, I like <laughs> Shay to answer what wizardry the the Rangers engaged in to go right from Lundqvist to Shet. Chesty, is that his that his nickname? Yeah. Who, unless I'm blind, looks like a really, really solid young gun. So, how are I guess the question is like, how have they been able to go? They've went from Lundqvist to basically having two pretty good, steady young goaltenders to have I would, right now. I think Benoit Lair is a wizard. Like he's one of the best goalie coaches around, and you look at everything that he could do. Um, you look at when Cam Talbot came to the NHL level from the University of Alabama at Huntsville, or um. Chesterkin, I mean, uh, Georgiev coming in, who wasn't, he didn't have this, like, high ceiling, you know, they, I think they called him a diamond in the rough, like, he needed yeah. to work on his game, and he was struggling at the AHL level, too, before he came up and started backing up the Rangers, like, he lost his starting role in the AHL before he eventually um, 
backed up Lundqvist at the end of the year and then was the tandem with him the next year. So I think it helps that they, I, I you know, from what I know, they go to him for a lot of their decision-making. So if they're going to look at a goaltender, I don't think, especially one that's going to play such an important role, I don't think anything happens without Alaire's say-so. And you can just see, like, they, they have a good eye for goalies. They pick them in the draft. And usually they're pretty careful about where they pick them. They don't use, you know, first-round picks for that. Um and they try to find like the right player and mold them as much as they can. And obviously, like this is an organization that's been spoiled for the last 13, 14 years with Lundqvist. And I don't think everybody I don't think every single person realizes just how spoiled they were, because like you go into this year and like Shesterkin had a few rough games and Guriev had a few rough games. And when Shesterkin was out, the two backups did not have the best streak of games, even though the defense was actually playing at their best, like top-notch defense that you would never expect to see from the Rangers like they have to realize just how incredible it is to have a player like that and how hard it is to have a player like that for as long as they did so I mean it's it's a lot of credit to Lair for working with players and making sure that they can adjust and extend their careers as long as possible too and they also as of uh, I think last month have a six foot eight goalie prospect playing for Merrimack this fall. So I am That's very right. excited that I'm very excited about that. Um, Jesus Christ. One last question. <laughs> one last question. And it's for me. Oh, uh, it's mm. from Chris, from Chris Greer, who does um, Bruce Bruins, uh, podcast and writes for Bruins diehards Kat and I both have been on Bruins Mm. Bruins he's a good he's a good friend of ours um I can't believe you're answering Mikey which Jeff Rosenstock song do you think would best fit on a Shrek soundtrack oh my god yeah I'm I can't believe that's the one you're choosing to answer wait can I ask before you answer have you noticed like the rise in Shrek content over the last like stretch of time i was with my friends the other night and one of them said it. they're like do you notice that shrek is everywhere and it was for like the anniversary like they were replaying <laughs> shrek movies in theaters and they were on a bunch of cable stations and i'm like wow this is mikey's dream Carry oh, on. Yeah. i'm just like shrek is probably like when you think about it it's like our generation's godfather there is no piece of <laughs> cinema that has oh man if you guys can't see this but cat looks like she's ready to like turn her your your uh headphones into news <laughs> with me talking about this so re-asking but yeah it, it's like I, when i turn on hulu it's like the first thing that's on hulu and like i haven't watched shrek on hulu so like it's it's coming back in a big big way we're seeing more and more of shrek uh we're gonna look very closely into shrek and it's it's very a very positive thing for our nation right now anyway Chris asked, which Jeff Rosenstock song do you think would best fit on a Jeff, uh, on a Shrek soundtrack? I'll hang up and listen. For those of you who don't know, Jeff Rosenstock is like, he's like a, he is a famous uh, Long Island, New York City musician. musician. He, he played in a ska band in Long Island called Arrogant Sons of Bitches. And then he formed another band called Bomb the Music Industry, which was like a really big uh, underground hit. Um, they like mixed ska, hardcore, punk like electronic uh it was really cool they played at like a lot of cheap shows for kids um and then he's kind of become like a more of a media dar uh, like a, he's huge with like pit the pitchfork crowd now because he has his own band again just called jeff rosenstock he just released last year he released an album called 
Dream, and it was like a West Coast style punk album. But then this year he re-recorded it and he made it a ska album. Cat, can you believe that? It's a ska album. What do you think about that? Cat from. Um, oh my god! I didn't freeze. I muted myself. <laughs> anyway, I, I, oh my god! I like your excitement. Like it's so genuine. He's he's one of my favorite like songwriters. Um, I've I've seen his his one of whatever iteration of his band over like 20 times he's actually really really lyrically he's very socially conscious which is cool and that's great and i think that's really like important in punk music um anyway i don't think i would pick a song from from him but i would love to hear him cover all star so that's my question and on that note we are wrapping it up cat is that okay with you <laughs> she looks oh my like god gonna... i can't believe that's how you want to end it we gotta end i think that's that, no that's awful we're ending it on all-star um because we're our all all-stars well if they uh, could replace smash mouth that would be a good thing what was that if they could like replace smash mouth and do a new cover of it that wouldn't be a bad thing right and especially if you reboot shrek or that throw shrek can't five down that song <laughs> can't get worse so i guess you're right although that song in ska form might actually. Oh my God! All Star in Scott form. That would be amazing. I'm like a streetlight manifesto riff in my head. Yeah, with the horns. Star, I, I, I love Scott music though. Created. If anything's gonna put, like when I sew sometimes and I'm like I know I have like an hour and I just need to like hammer through things. I'll put on Scott and I feel like the pace just helps me fly through it. So I'm here for it. Yeah, that's the power of Scott, baby. There you go. Um, a funny, quick, funny story about Smash Mouth. Cat, can I tell a story about Smash Mouth? <laughs> Why not? Go for it. Um, so when I first started dating Kate, we went to my friend's surprise 30th birthday. And uh, this is like my best friends I grew up with since high school and before that. And we were sitting in the bar and All-Star comes on by Smash Mouth. Was it Magories? My... Was it <laughs> it wasn't Magories. It was in yeah. Queens. Um, but we've all been they've all been to uh, Magori they're Magori's regulars as well um, All Star comes on and all my friends this is the first time Kate is like meeting any of my friends and they're all like oh Radigan you hear what's on it's All Star and then I had to pretend like this was before she knew I was a complete weirdo so I had to pretend she's like do you like all Star by Smash Mouth or something. She's like, "Why are they mentioning that the song's on?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's okay. It's it's okay." And my friends are like, "Oh, it's okay. It's just okay." So yeah, then that's when she knew I was a weirdo when uh, she found out I love that song. Anyway, Shana, what thank a, you. What a wonderful note to end on. <laughs> yeah, Shana, thank you for joining us. And really, this was a really great conversation. It's it was fun to break news kind of like this. Like yeah. Uh, <laughs> like 10 minutes right before you're about to record um yeah and hopefully cat will be back maybe later this week or next week and uh talk about literally yeah. anything else literally we will anything. be dissecting each shrek movie um we're gonna have a shrekathon and cat will tell you her favorite quotes from each shrek movie uh <laughs> she's gonna kill me you should do which hockey the- players are characters from Strike. Oh my god, these are great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, on that note, thank you all for listening. Uh, be safe out there. Don't get hit in the head by Tom Wilson. Have a good one, everyone.